1: Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your host. Uh, Coming back from vacation after my two weeks off, enjoyed that uh, time away from everything, but uh, excited to get back into it, back into the groove with my guys, Tyler and Alex. Alex was mostly held down the fort for us uh, during the last two weeks. So, Alex, how are you doing, man?
2: Doing good. Happy you guys are back from vacation.
1: (laughs) yeah you know alex put out some uh great content of course i know tyler had a video about jerry tillery as well i had a to laugh today because somebody tagged us in a video of uh <laughs> jerry tillery pulling off a textbook run defense technique and i'm like oh yeah, of course it was against the texans as well so you know it was a, it was a good <laughs> well moment. just co- copy paste and he could do that all the time yeah if, mean, if he could just do that problems. if he could just do that 10 more times a game i'd be very very happy with him uh tyler what's up man how you doing
3: doing very well took a 2 week break from the channel i thought okay i'd do something here and there i decided to take it all off i just started my masters program at uci as well so getting things done i had a break off you know break from here but not from there some people in the masters program now know i have a podcast so if you're listening hello and if you're not then you no, you're not hearing me what was the context i'm sorry let's go back what was the context <laughs> of this jerry tiller replay someone tagged you for what specific reason?
1: Yeah, so it was that uh the D line vids account, you know, the one okay. that has like thirty thousand followers and like mm-hmm. just will uh tweet out like good plays from defensive linemen that he just like happens to come across on film or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh it was against the Texans. He didn't specify like you know, what quarter it was or anything like that, but mm-hmm. um Jerry Tillery essentially Bench presses a guy gets about a yard into the backfield and then makes uh, contributes to the tackle for loss. So, let um, me
2: let me. I just want to read the exact quote:
1: "Textbook
2: block destruction" by Jerry Tillery Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Tillery strikes one half man with violent hat and hands. Oh yeah, (laughs) that's
3: awesome. So we were we were just tagged to be tagged, not because someone was saying,
1: "Look, Jerry Tillery is a good run defender." Yes, no. No, someone okay. just tagged us, like, without context, uh, just to share it with us. And, um, of course, you know, the comments are exactly what you expect, where it's like, oh, Jerry Tillery is such a good run defender, you know, that he does this on a one-play-per-basis kind of thing. So, um going to be fun. Uh, Arjun, a little spoiler in the chat. What's up, dude? Uh, Arjun says, let's just say someone might be getting the bag this week. Oh, are we talking, like, him? Oh, I think He's talking about an NFL player. He's talking about Debo. Or talking no, about Debo? I think no, I think he's, talking, I think about he's talking about Derwin. Yeah, that was my oh, first instinct. Okay. Yeah. Well, potentially breaking news from uh, Arjun. So, uh, in case of you breaking, I would like to update our poll <laughs> of, of broken bones. I,
2: I posted the question on Twitter: Have you ever broken a bone? We are at fifty-one percent no,
1: forty-nine percent yes through one hundred and forty-six votes. Man, well, I got you guys each beat i've broken a bone twice i've broken my left foot and i've broken my right hand before so uh yeah my the the time that i broke my left foot was uh a skiing accident and it was the last time i ever went skiing in my entire life after that i was, was scarred was not going back there so yeah skiing snowboarding that's a tough one i both my fiance
3: and i hit our heads doing you know snowboarding and it's just like Do we like snowboarding (laughs) enough to crack our skulls? Not really. We'll just stick to surfing.
1: Yeah. So obviously, you know, growing up in Utah, a lot of people really love to ski. And and some people who grow up outside of Utah will move to Utah for the skiing. Mm -hmm. and um you know a couple of my good friends from college did that from one was from ohio and moved to utah so he could go skiing during college (laughs) and um i was just like they'd always try to get me to go and i'm like no uh you know i broke my foot in seventh grade and that was that was it made me miss a basketball tournament and i and i couldn't go back so you know i'm surprised that that few people have broken a bone before and i'm surprised that neither of you not necessarily Alex but I mean Tyler you Oh were, shut uh, up. Oh, no no, no I, I'm just I, I played, I played does, basketball. No I'm saying cuz Tyler did gymnastics and oh, what I know true. about gymnastics is yeah. like you can be a potentially very dangerous sport so when Tyler said that he had never broken a bone I was pretty surprised. I'm just God's gift to humanity so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah good stuff though uh you know but getting back to argent's uh message here for a second if it is derwin james make sure and check out his uh contract prediction for uh mr derwin james that he posted on twitter i believe he said it was uh three percent higher per year than mink if it's patrick um but regardless i think derwin is uh going to reset the market and he deserves every penny
3: yes sir almost hijacking the whole
1: show man i want to talk about this <laughs> i'll message him on
3: the side we'll see what the
1: you know well do you think uh do you think he hits 20 let's 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 uh, no. start there and then we'll get to our top 10 quarterbacks do you think he hits 20 Probably per not. year no i think like arjun has him
3: you know ahead of minka understandable deservedly so i don't think he breaks 20
1: does he break 19 maybe minko is 18.4 uh, yeah it was like 18.475 or something like that if i'm not mistaken it could be.
3: Arjun had him under nineteen, I believe, so I'm just gonna say
1: no, because Arjun's been pretty <laughs> solid with these. Yeah. I can't remember what Brad had him at, because I know Brad did a did an extension article um early in the off season, but I can't remember what Brad had him at or what he had Minka at. Mm. Yeah, I can uh, I can look that up. Wow. Oh I mean, Nelson... He did that before the Minka one though, right? Arjun did or Brad? Uh Brad. Yeah, he did that, but I think he included Minka and Derwin, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Mm, Man, I can't find a specific
1: article with Brad. Okay, maybe it was somebody else. I
3: don't know. I don't
1: know. Uh, Nelson Holmes said that he has broken a kneecap, a tailbone, a foot, a pugilist fracture. I don't know what that is. And his ribs. Ouch, man. Sounds painful. Somebody's probably uh, an adrenaline junkie.
3: Alex, have you ever broken any hearts before?
1: <laughs> I declined to comment. So I can't reveal any of that info. Yeah. All right, good stuff, good stuff. So we will obviously have you guys covered on all the Derwin James stuff when that happens. And uh, Alex, be sure to keep us posted on that poll uh, as we go throughout the show. Um, that being said, we are here to talk about our top 10 quarterbacks in the league. We do this every single year. Uh, And I think it's a good reset. And obviously with uh, Justin Herbert being in that conversation uh, a little bit more solidly, if you will, than he was at this time last year. Uh, So I think, you know, we can uh, have this conversation. I'm curious to see particularly where people have, uh, you know, obviously Joe Burrow is relevant to this conversation, potentially Russell Wilson and uh, see how we each evaluate the old heads in the league, Mr. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. So um, who wants to go first here? I would like to not go first. You'd like to not go first. Okay. I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, For our audio audience, Tyler has a sheet up here for our YouTube audience. And uh, each of our names are listed as Funeral Potatoes. I'm guessing that's me. Uh, Cheesesteak for Alex. And then P.F. Chang's (laughs) for Tyler. (laughs) Um, Good question by Teresa. we are not including Deshaun Watson. Um, He is uh, trending towards being suspended for the whole season. And I refuse to give that piece of scum any kind of coverage on our show. So Jacoby Brissett, if you
2: want to make a change to your list,
1: he can be added. To
2: the <laughs> Shoot, I got to adjust. Hold
1: on. Shoot, <laughs> let me see Jacoby Brissett. Maybe he's yeah, at number on. 11. Um, I don't know. But uh, all right, Alex, we'll go. Alex is going to go first and then me and then Tyler will wrap it up. Uh, we'll go each go 10 through 7, 6 through 4, 3 through 1 like we always do. Um, And like I said, no, Deshaun Watson. And then at the end of this conversation, we're also going to talk about guys we think uh, could maybe get out of this list. Not named Tom Brady, because I feel like that is uh, kind of a gimme. And then we'll also talk about a player that we think could make the jump into the list. So, uh, But first, we'll do the top 10. Alex, uh, kick us off, man. Uh, Real quick, do we want to do honorable mentions or just go straight from 10 to 7? Uh, Just do 10 through 7 and then maybe talk about who you were debating between at number 10.
2: Okay. Uh, at number 10, I have Arizona's Kyler Murray. Number nine, I have Rain Dakota Prescott. At number eight, I have Joe Burrow. At a number seven, I have Lamar Jackson. Uh, I was the one that really could have been in my top 10, but I didn't put in was Russell Wilson. I went back and forth on it a couple times, but I just couldn't justify taking any of those guys out. I think he's debatable with Kyler um but the kyler murray that i saw in the first eight weeks of last year and the second half slides are a problem i mean if he had continued that production he would have been a top five quarterback and probably would have won mvp over rogers so like i i do think there is something there granted the last film that we've see, I've seen of him is that rams game unfortunately um i'm also just kind of betting on upside there i just couldn't leave kyler and his skill set out of the top 10 You can make the argument that he's the best athlete out of any of these guys, uh, in addition to, you know, the strength that he has in his arm and what he's able to do on the ground. So for me, I could not leave him out. Um, The other debate that I had here was Lamar versus Burrow. uh, And that's certainly a tough one, because if you go by the analytics, and I'm sure Tyler will will bring them up, uh, Lamar Jackson is closer to, you know, top 15 as a passer than he is as top 10 uh, by many of those analytics. I believe he finished with, like, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions on the year before he didn't play the last uh, portion of the year because of the injuries. But uh, I still have him in there just because I think that he'll obviously be healthier. I do think the offensive line for him will be better as well. Um, and I guess he doesn't really still have wide receivers, but he didn't have wide receivers to begin with anyway.
1: Yeah, And
2: I do kind of factor that into the conversation as well. The fact that he hasn't had the weapons uh, that, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and all these guys have had to be has to factor in, in addition to the offense that he plays in, which is kind of based around Lamar's skill set, but is still like a John Harbaugh Ravens offense, which isn't like super inspiring from time to time. Um, So for me, you know... A lot of people will talk about this being like hanging on to the MVP from three years ago, but his MVP is still very recent. And this is not like a Matt Ryan Cam Newton situation from, you know, 2015 and 2016. So for me, I could understand what totally why someone would go Joe Burrow at six or seven over Lamar uh, and why some, there are probably some NFL media members that won't have Lamar Jackson on their top 10 based off of uh, last year. But I still think he very well deserves his place here. And Dak Prescott, I think, is just a very solid passer. Um, Like, he is not, I don't think he's ever going to get into the top five just based on what the top five guys are now and their, as well as their, you know, talents and natural abilities. But um, I think that he deserves, you know, uh, to be placed here because he pretty much carries that franchise by himself. Uh, And we've seen what it looks like when he doesn't play. Uh, So I had to put him in there. Uh, Yeah. So my two honorable mentions that I do have listed are Russell Wilson. I did not include in the top 10 and I didn't also include
1: maybe we'll call him a dishonorable mention but Derek Carr <laughs> well said well said I think you bring up uh, a lot of good points specifically about Lamar Jackson and mm-hmm. you know this kind of gets to chorizo's question uh in the chat where you know we're kind of taking into consideration some projection for next year <laughs> Um, What they have accomplished and what we have recently seen, of course, of these players on on game tape. So I think Lamar is definitely a a tough evaluation because last year was arguably the worst year of his career as a passer. But he gives you so much of an advantage with his legs and with the way that he shoulders that offense. Um, And you could also talk about, you know, having the worst passing game coordinator in the league. I mean, their passing concepts are atrocious with Greg Roman. Um, you know, the lack of receiving talent is, is there, but I do think Rashad Bateman is going to be an upgrade over what they had in Hollywood Brown and obviously still have Mark Andrews. So he's a tough evaluation. And like you mentioned, the MVP is definitely, you know, relevant to that conversation because it was, you know, three years ago at this point. So it's not like this was five, six years ago. So I think Lamar is a tough conversation and I think the debate between, the, the debate that you have between Russ and Kyler Murray is very interesting as well. And that's kind of where I'm going to start. Cause I do have Russell Wilson in my 10 at number 10 and, you know, similarly to Lamar coming off of the worst year of his career as a passer. And of course you could, you know, kind of talk about that uh, hand injury that kind of forced him to miss some action. And then maybe he came back a little bit too early Um, I think the main difference for me between Russ and Kyler, because the data loves Kyler, it loves Kyler much, you know, at a much higher rate than it does Russell Wilson. But I think you just look at the way that those two players have kind of performed in clutch situations and under pressure. And those are two situations that I think really kind of show you what kind of quarterback, what kind of player a quarterback is. And I think the recent history of Russell, even with last year struggling, kind of gives him an edge over what we have seen most recently from Kyler. When, you know, you lose DeAndre Hopkins and you're trying to play yourself into the playoffs and um, you're in the playoffs and you're just kind of crumbling at under the moment. And I don't feel like Kyler Murray has shown enough that he can elevate his teammates and elevate his franchise to the point uh, that Russell Wilson has. So that was kind of the debate for me, even though, Uh, Russell's numbers are, are significantly worse than Kyler's from last year. Um, at number nine, I have Lamar Jackson right there. Like I said, a tough evaluation because we have seen him be an MVP. We've seen him, uh, improve his passing mechanics. Although, like I said, his last year was, uh, kind of his worst statistical season as a passer. Uh, I have Dak Prescott at eight. Um, and then at number seven, I have Matthew Stafford. So, um, this was a this was a tough area for me. I felt like going in that I was going to have Matthew Stafford kind of ahead of this group and that ultimately ended up coming to fruition. But I was kind of surprised at how I felt looking at Dak, uh, specifically looking at the statistics at the film. And he's just really solid across the board. Like there's not an area that he's truly weak in. And you're talking about a player who's coming off in a major uh, injury two years ago, of course. So potentially getting more healthy this year getting some of his rushing ability back, which he didn't really have the chance to show off last year. So um, I think Dak and his consistency is really why I decided to put him over guys like Lamar, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. Uh, But I do feel like Matthew Stafford at seven has a pretty comfortable lead, especially coming off of his uh, postseason performance and ultimately winning the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, I I don't know where the rest of your list is, but Matt Stafford I feel like is a nice cutoff where you – like, the next six guys, I kind of feel like all belong Yeah, there. I totally that, get it. There's definitely, like, a, a line in between yeah. the guys behind Stafford. Maybe people feel differently because he's in a really good system and everything's easier for him. But you, you have to look at the numbers and what he did. And, I mean, I know if winnings aren't a quarterback step, but he did win the Super Bowl. You know, you yeah. got to give him
1: some leeway there for sure. Uh, and as I far as just, mind, like... Mm-hmm. So I, I think like Stafford has always been a top 10 talent, right like if they, I think people who sure have watched Stafford in Detroit and who have kind of paid attention to some of the things that he can do with his arm like he's always been a top 10 talent. He just needed a much better situation and you look at kind of what he did in the clutch situations when under pressure when the team needed to to have a play made and specifically like in the Super Bowl you lose Odell, you don't have a tight end and what he was able to do in that game against the Bengals defense that you know whether it was fluky or not had kind of shut down Mahomes and shut down Tannehill and shut down Derek Carr, and Matthew Stafford kind of you know blew them out of the water in the fourth quarter. So I think that does matter, and I've always been a Stafford fan. Uh, mm-hmm. He just needed a better situation and finally got one uh, last yeah. year.
2: Yeah, and and the other thing about Stafford is because I I ranked him six last year I think when we did these off season lists, and I have him in a similar position this year. Um, when we get to that point, but. I just saw him in Detroit and it's like, this guy's, you know, I remember a game from 2020 in particular where this guy was going toe to toe with Mahomes for four quarters, you know, yeah. with the Detroit mm-hmm. lions. Right. Like that's just how good he was. Um, and I think if you put him in your top five, if you put him in your top seven last year, you caught a lot more flack than obviously you will this year, uh, based on how the postseason played out and everything. Um, but to me, yeah, like Steven said, he always had that talent. Um, I, I, the Russ Kyler conversation is interesting to me because for me, I I viewed that as projecting Russ sort of for what he's going to be this year. Yeah. Also, yeah, um, the Broncos have a pretty decent offensive line. Like, it's certainly an upgrade from what he had in Seattle. But going on thirty four, um, you know, he sort of does that thing anyway, where he relies on his athleticism a little bit too much. Right, yeah. there's kind of the aspect of him running into sacks and uh, letting Russ cook till he burned down the kitchen. Uh, so that does kind of, that kind of affected where I put him. Also, I just wonder if he physical decline would kind of affect a quarterback like him more so than uh, a Tom Brady or some of these other quarterbacks we've seen, obviously. Um, plus, obviously there's kind of like Kyler is in his, how old is Kyler? 24. He can't be older than that. I would imagine. Uh, and then Dak is, or sorry, not Dak, Russell Wilson's going on 34. Um, and yeah, the other thing that I kind of levied against him is he's also going to a division with some of these high profile edge rushers and also is going to play against these, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really almost all the division, all schemes in the division are going to rely a lot on two, uh, two high man, especially the Raiders with Patrick Graham and now uh, the chargers with Brandon yeah. Staley and, uh, using Derwin James and stuff like that, obviously. So that kind of affected my, uh, rating of him as well. I think if you asked me this last year, I certainly had Russell Wilson in my top 10. I want to say he was in my top five. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, this was not a good year for him. And then, you know, when you have the analytics sort of back up the fact that this was a decline for him and you're like, oh, he was actually around 19th with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, <laughs> then that kind of like yeah. backs up what you're seeing on film. That's why I personally had to take him out of the top 10.
3: Yeah, absolutely makes sense, uh, Mom. Hello, thank you for the super sticker. As always, I really appreciate it. Um, just going back to the the Murray and and Wilson thing. If we're just talking about, so I have like a, a clutch factor sort of thing in here with fourth quarter overtime adjusted to EPA per play and third down fourth down adjusted to EPA per play. Murray's ahead of Wilson in both, you know, third and fifteenth versus twenty second and twenty third. So I just thought that was mildly interesting.
1: No, it definitely is. And I think that speaks to, you know, Russ's poor season. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just talking about like recent history. Like I still think the clutch situations favor Russell overall. Um, But you can get into that now. Uh, Tyler, what's your uh, 10 through seven? Yeah.
3: So I'll talk about honorable mention before I get into the top 10. I had a subjective list with numbers built in and whatnot. And I had one person on the list and another person not on the list. And I just want to do something a little bit different. I just did completely no debating, no subjectivity, no guessing. Just, I mean, I guess maybe some numbers can be just a pure stats-based ranking and look at these guys. And, you know, you, you have, I know Steven has like the list of how I put things together, but just for everybody listening. It's a composite score based on 21 different categories that I put together because I, I felt like it. So <laughs> uh, adjusted EPA per play, success rate, completion percentage over expected, pressure to sack rate, turnover over the play rate, pass DVOA, strength of defensive schedule, third, fourth down, adjusted EPA per play, fourth quarter overtime adjusted EPA per play, rushing yards per attempt, fumbles, pressure rating, EPA uh, versus pressure, play action pass, passer rating, big time throw rate turnover-worthy play rate versus pressure, their total EPA-generated QBR, uh, points contributed by a quarterback above the average level of the quarterback. It's PAA, I guess. I've never heard of that before. Um, (laughs) Clutch-weighted points added through rushes. Uh, Shush. Hey, (laughs) this is helpful. And just to get a general idea of where these, like, to give some guys that have been sort of consistent, I did 2020
2: adjusted EPA per play as well. Is this is good for you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I put the broccoli right down my gullet. I know it's good for me. <laughs> Absolutely. So here's the thing I'll talk about. So because this is not based. So,
3: okay. Lamar Jackson was in my top 10 when I just went subjective, took in the context and everything. Just doing it like this. And I just, i wanted to do this just so the discussion can be had around just the numbers and how things look. Because I know Steven watched film. Alex brought in all this context. What does what it just the numbers say? What does it just they look like? Lamar Jackson was 17th, so he does not make the top 10. He would be, a you know, in my subjective list, again, top 10. Here's who's 10th. You ready for who's 10th, Alex? Mm-hmm. All your stupid yawning. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I kind of expected kidding. it. Um, obviously a surprise. Jalen Hurts in top 10. Would I have put him there? Heck no. I don't know if he was in my top 15. Maybe he was. Um. But listen, you look at some of the things that he's great at, you know, fifth in EPA versus pressure, third in turnover-worthy play rate versus pressure. There are some things on here. Jalen Hurts is 10th. That's why I wanted hey, to bring it up. Like Is Teddy this- Bridgewater
1: number nine then?
3: <laughs> no, Teddy Bridgewater. So he was trending when I was doing more like rate-based stuff. He was trending towards the guy who could have been top 10. But when I got into um, EPA-generated points, added, you know, that sort of thing. Then he started to fall off because then it became like, you know, guys that could do more that would generated more started to really uh, move up. And that's going to help a certain player later on that maybe we want to talk about. So that's Jalen hurts. After that is Dak Prescott. Wait, so you're keeping, you're keeping Jalen in there. Only because I'm doing a pure numbers based list, not because I'm actually subjectively putting him in this list. I just want to do something a little bit different and just look at the numbers And Jalen Hurts was top 10. Then there's Dak Prescott and everyone's like, eh, you're, these are bad numbers. It'll help a lot in a bit when you see where Herbert is. So there's Dak Prescott. Then there's Joe Burrow. all his name, right? Number seven, JC Jackson. That's a good question. No, he's actually at zero, uh, Joe Burrow. And then Matthew Stafford. Wow. So it's not even like super dissimilar from where some of these guys are for you guys. Anyway, it's just hurts. Yeah. But hurts is the big surprise there. Obviously. Um, 11th was Russell Wilson, by the way. So I know you guys have him kind of either 10th or like 11th or whatever. He was 11th here. So just looking at the numbers kind of where based on, you know, that is. I thought it was interesting to look at it like this way. Jalen Hurts being 10th is definitely a surprise. That would have been Lamar Jackson's spot. I think the other nine players that are in here, I would keep these same guys in here relatively the same. But hey, I wanted to give Hurts his due. He is 10th based on how he performed last year.
1: resident eagles fan any thoughts here
2: um well i was gonna mention I, I did not expect to be mentioning Jalen hurts in the top 10 i was gonna <laughs> mention him in my can jump in the top 10 later um i guess i'm not terribly surprised i mean the, the rushing production also helps him out uh i, I mean a lot i would imagine because he's kind of with kyler uh, and lamar as the two most uh or the three most productive like rushers uh it doesn't surprise me. I get, yeah, he, he kind of is in the same vein of Kyler Murray where the last thing I saw of him was him just like <laughs> dipping back and like throwing terrible suicide balls in the end zone uh, <laughs> against the against the Buccaneers. Uh, so that kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth. But he, he is a very technically good quarterback. I think the arm strength has been the thing that's been lacking. And that's the thing that Probably prevents him from like getting very high into the top ten in his career and getting into that like Mahomes, Rodgers, Herbert you know tier. Um, but for for me, I I could very well see Jalen Hurts getting into the top ten next year. Uh, and I don't I don't think it's that crazy to talk about him. And I'm not surprised the the statistics kind of bear that out. But if you just if you just also watch Jalen Hurts, you're like, okay, this is good. But there are some very obvious limitations to this you know product or very obvious limitations to this quarterback that don't necessarily exist with uh stafford burrow and 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 i would say Dak prescott is the other three in that uh the other three in tyler's top ten
1: yeah man i i think jalen hurts is a fantastic story i think he's a fantastic person and he's he has improved as a passer every single year that he has played football i just remember what i felt when i was watching him leading up to the chargers and eagles game and what i felt after that game and after the playoffs is just how limited he is as a passer and so it's tough for me to look at his capped ceiling as a passer and feel comfortable with putting him in this conversation if you want to talk about him being in the top 15 that's fine with me or, or potentially jumping into that conversation um but this is this is uh, an interesting thing that I, I did not see coming. I, I can't say I agree with this, but uh, the, the numbers certainly paint that picture. But uh, I, I just the way that he is as a passer and what I have you know seen from him, I, I can't put him in this conversation.
3: Yeah, I mean, the oh yeah, God, come. no, I don't want to put him in this conversation. This, like me personally, he wouldn't be
2: near the top ten.
3: Yeah, just going uh... off
2: the numbers. Numbers would probably put him in the top five if he didn't have that three interception game against Patrick Graham's (laughs) Giants defense. Uh, If if that didn't happen, then he'd probably be higher. But um, yeah, purely going off the numbers, I certainly can understand putting Jalen Hurts in here. I would imagine, I, I kind of only went up to 12 because I went to like Russell Wilson and Derek Carr as my honorable mentions. Yeah. I would probably have Jalen Hurts around like 15 right now. So I think that if you're kind of looking at that for next year. Jalen Hurts is certainly the guy that you can kind of see going up if he, you know, limits Mm -hmm. the turnovers uh, and, you know, increases some of that deep passing production. But um, I don't personally expect him to do that. But, you know, we'll see. Just for anybody who's curious, just to go through
3: it. So Hurts is obviously 10. Cousins, or excuse me, Wilson 11. Um, Derek Carr was 18th. Lamar Jackson 17th. Uh, who's another guy we want to talk about? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was 13th. Russell Wilson was 11th. That's where's our closest Tannehill? Tannehill is 14th. Okay. So where's uh, Mac at? Mac Jones is 15th. And okay. he was another guy like Bridgewater. Like Mac Jones, I believe, was in the top 10 until you started getting to how many, like how big of a boost to the team were these guys. So like points added, EPA, that sort of thing. Then Mac Jones...
1: obviously important information to have there. So Alex, uh, let's get to your six through four next.
2: Uh, I said I had Matt Stafford as my sixth ranked quarterback last year. He's also my sixth ranked quarterback this year. Uh, so that's pretty consistent
1: there for the three of us.
2: Pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt Stafford at six. At number five, I have the guy who will never retire. The man who lost uh, (laughs) Super Bowl 52 to the Eagles, uh, Tom Brady. Uh, I, you know, you respect for introduction and everything he's done to this point. And <laughs> thank you for putting that. It's very important. I people to remember this. Um,
1: <laughs> Lost to but, Nick
2: Foles, might I add. Yeah, he did also lose to Nick Foles. Um, so going into, like, last season and going into like the last four seasons, I've sort of had the Max Kellerman thing. Like, this is going to be the one where he falls off. <laughs> and then he had the best year yeah. of his career last year. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I've just given up. The cliff is probably never coming. Uh, And Tom Brady, like arguably, had it not been for Aaron Rodgers, maybe was the MVP last year, along with Josh Allen uh, and some of those other guys who probably finished like second and third in voting, I would think. Uh, So Tom Brady is at five. Number four, Josh Allen of the Bills. Oh, all right.
3: Okay. Interesting. I feel like I would guess who three is, but we'll see. I mean, it's hard to argue with like, I I mean, I could see why you would have Herbert over Josh Allen. Um, Yeah. I I, I wouldn't have done that subjectively, but I understand why he would be.
2: Yeah. I mean, for, for me, when I ranked Josh Allen and when I looked at it, him and Herbert are like neck and neck. Um, And they really are as, as you know, you look at EPA and any of those stats, they're really close together. I think mm-hmm. if you have EPA and with CPOE as the composite score, then I think they're like 0. 0.02 points per, apart, yeah. um, which is like really crazy. Um, I just thought Josh Allen was in. It's tough because immediately after he was inconsistent and kind of bad the second half of the season, then he has nine touchdowns in the playoffs. And it's like, <laughs> what do I do with this information? But I sort of just viewed consistency as um, uh, me ranking Herbert a little bit over him. I mean, they probably had the same amount of, like, stinker games last year, but I felt like Herbert's were a little bit more, you know, spread throughout the schedule where it's like, okay, here's the Cowboys game, the Ravens game, and the, you know, Houston game, right? But they're all kind of, like, spread out through different portions of the schedule versus Josh Allen's, like, second half is a little bit Kyler uh, Murray-like with 19 touchdowns 12 interceptions and i think he dropped like four percentage points in completion um so for me i yeah and it, uh, he does still have some of those accuracy issues that he had before obviously not nearly to the extent of his rookie year um but that's kind of why i went with josh allen at four granted he's another one like kind of kyler murray if he kept up his first seven game pace then he would have been in a unanimous mvp so mm-hmm. there's that aspect to it as well, and of course the the playoff explosion. But um, I, I sort of like the more precision and consistency you get with Herbert versus, I yeah. guess, the more high and low nature of Allen's game at points.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know you mentioned the similarities between Herbert and outside of the you know physical profile, numbers, and things like that. Uh, you know, there are some just kind of like backstory similarities too. You know, Josh Allen being from a very small town. Herbert being from a small town, Herbert's only division one offer was Oregon. Josh Mm -hmm. Allen's only division one offer was Wyoming. So there's, there's a bit of uh, backstory elements there too. I think the thing with Allen for me, and and I'll, you know, he's not in my top four, he's in my top three. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the thing with Allen that's so impressive is that he, he still definitely has some of those mistake prone tendencies. But the way that he makes plays under pressure and in the fourth quarter situations, to me, really kind of elevate his status as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Tyler did his list. I did a list specifically of, you know, ability under pressure. And this is just PFF information. It's not EPA play or anything like that. So there's turnover worthy percentage against pressure. There's adjusted completion percentage against pressure. Uh, How many sacks did you take as a quarterback? What was the percentage of pressures turned into sacks as a quarterback? How many first downs did you create? And And what was your passer rating against pressure? And Josh Allen was consistently the best quarterback under pressure, according to PFF and those statistics. And, you know, he's first in pressures converted to sacks, which kind of speaks to his mobility, his size and things like that. But he was second in first downs created and he was fourth in passer rating against, uh, against pressure. So, um, I, I just think the way that he is able to, you know, be that ultimate bucket getter, if you will, uh, is kind of a phrase that's kind of creeping into, you know, NFL talk these days, I think for me, you know, kind of pushes him into that top three conversation. So, um, At number six for me is Joe Burrow. Um, I feel like this was me being as objective as possible as somebody who uh, has never really liked Joe Burrow and specifically like how people in the media talk about him. And I know that shouldn't necessarily like affect the way I feel about players, but uh, it does. So me putting him at six, I feel like is, is very fair, very subjective Mm -hmm. Um, at number five. I actually have Aaron Rodgers at number five, and then I have Justin Herbert at number four. So I think the Aaron Rodgers thing, he's a back-to-back MVP. His numbers certainly back that up. But I think this is kind of where I wanted to put the line in terms of projecting towards this year. Yeah. Obviously, he's losing, losing Devontae Adams. And I think there are other signs of just ultimate regression as well, particularly his performance against uh, pressure. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, my my line, right? is like, how am I deciding? between quarterback X and quarterback Y it's like how are they under pressure how are they in clutch situations not necessarily the winning or are they losing but specifically how do they handle those situations and i think aaron has really kind of fallen off of a cliff in in that regards uh, or in those regards recently so i mentioned those those statistics earlier and i i wanted to put in there also bottom 5 finishes and aaron rodgers has more mm-hmm. bottom 5 finishes in those pressure statistic- statistics than uh, basically everyone except for the rookies last year and Baker Mayfield. So his performance under pressure last year was not great. Um, Tyler mentioned EPA per play and pressure rating um, And his pressure rating uh, was 19th on Tyler's list. So really, I think we are seeing kind of the beginning of the end for Aaron. I know he's going to, you know, he's kind of been on the fence about retiring or not. Um, and I think just with everything that we've seen from him on the field, the way that he's kind of fizzled out in the playoffs and him losing Devonte Adams is really enough for me to put him out of the top four. Um, I totally understand people having him higher than this, but uh, he's not making the top four on my list.
3: Yeah. The whole discussion of some of these older guys, it's a lot about that projection and really a lot of these guys, maybe even outside of Herbert are all like, they should take a step backwards just because they've lost players and lost talent around them or lost coaches or whatever it is. And it's such a surprise. I mean, you talked about pressure rating. You know, Rodgers is 19th out of 30. Brady's 18th out of 30. And you go to EPA versus pressure. Rodgers is 24th out of 30. Tom Brady's 23rd. You know, Both those guys are behind Trevor Lawrence or Daniel Jones in that regard. I mean, even behind Tua at 14th. (laughs) It's, It's just a surprise to see that these guys, you know, two future Hall of Famers, are
2: so behind in a very important stat category, at least I think. Yeah, um, I, I think it's fair. And certainly the Devontae Adams thing is is why if we're projecting this to 2022 in the same way that I just kind of talked about Russell Wilson, um, like y- you could certainly justify putting him lower. There's a little bit just of me like I, I don't think he's going to like hit the cliff yet. For me, I, I would still put him. I mean, obviously, we've gone up to number four, so he is in my top three. Um I, I think the under pressure thing is concerning, but he also to kind of alleviate that, he does still commit like a really low amount of turnover turnovers yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean I think, uh, in that stat, Stephen tweeted out he was fourth uh, in lowest turnover worthy uh, percentage uh, under pressure. so like that to me does sort of alleviate that concern a little bit. The Devonte thing, i obviously I think is the big thing to watch going forward in terms mm-hmm. of Aaron Rodgers. you know, if if we're trying to project some decline. Um, I, I certainly think that could be a factor.
1: That whole situation is still super weird to me that Aaron would kind of sign off to return while also knowing Devonte <laughs> was going to leave. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yep. NFL is lit asking if we are factoring in Rogers playing the lions and bears twice a year. <laughs> I mean, yes, I did, and technically. No. Like, yes, I did. Yeah. Tyler put in that, that category of strength of schedule. And I, I think it certainly, you know, plays a part of, how we feel about them like beating up on those players but i mean dak prescott plays in the nfc East, yeah you know
2: tom brady plays poopy teams every yeah like six, six times a year you <laughs> being right. the buccaneers the falcons and the saints so i mean I, well, I guess the saints always tend to get him that's the one thing he can't get over uh but uh i don't know like I guess you could put Justin Herbert a little bit higher because, you know, um, or Mahomes a little bit higher in that same because they play in the AFC West. But, like, at the same time, they're also going to play bad teams too, right, Right. just based on the nature of their schedule. I think some teams will play more, some teams will play less. So um, it's less a consideration to me when we talk about positional value and more when we talk about, like, hardest, easiest divisions. But, I
1: mean, uh, certainly... it's not really a factor for me. Yeah. That's more effective for like wins and losses and how viable is your path to the playoffs and right. that kind of thing, as opposed to, you know, how you truly feel about a quarterback. And like and obviously... all, all,
2: all that stuff also changes every year too. Right. right. Like, I mean, we, I, I think most people would say lions, even though there's still lions are probably on the move up. Bears you could get some you know positive stuff from fields if they go in the right direction versus Stafford you could say Seahawks are going to be arguably the worst team in the league after the NFC West was like the best division for a while and the Niners have no idea what they're doing at quarterback right so like that is kind of a revolving door throughout the NFL of like which teams are good who's coming in who's coming out so I don't think that's a thing you can, you know, keep constant, I guess, from year to year. Just like this guy plays in this division, so he's lower. Like, I just can't view it that way personally.
1: Absolutely. That's a great point, Alex. So, uh, Tyler, let's get to your six through four here.
2: All right. Well, as Steven already alluded
3: to, the numbers do like him. So, Kyler Murray is here at six, and then Tom Brady here at number five. And josh allen here at number four wow. for what it's worth tom brady surprisingly did play the second toughest defensive strength of schedule last year in yeah. terms of dvoa um which is i mean i don't know i don't really keep track of everyone's 17 games but i suppose that was a surprise given the division he was in but hey good for him so no i mean if tom brady here makes some sense honestly initially I considered putting him number 1 subjectively just because mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to be again we're, we're waiting for that cliff right but considering the year he had the fact that he statistically I mean is still very good you know Godwin should return potentially at some point you know he's in a really good spot they did also get Rashad White so his running backs will finally catch a pass for him um, <laughs> yeah. that'll be fantastic so I I honestly considered subjectively putting Tom Brady number 1 uh, but then my dad was like, that's a stupid idea. So I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, you but know. No, I, mean, I, I think him being right here is actually fine statistically. Uh, but he, w- he would have been in my top three. And someone like Herbert wouldn't have been in my top three if it were subjective. Yeah, uh, I know. I was just going to
2: say... I can see why someone would put Tom Brady at one, but for me, I just kind of viewed it as like a tears thing and also like physical and athletic ability also, which is not necessarily something like the numbers will put into consideration. But mm-hmm. Rogers, Mahomes, uh, Herbert and Allen to me can do things that the other guys on this top 10 list from five to 10 just aren't capable of doing right? Yeah. like the ability to run to your right. And pump a sixty-yard ball, the Jalen Guyton, while you're getting hit in the back. <laughs> um, Tom Brady, love. I don't love Tom Brady. I was going uh, to I, say I, what? I, 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 I can't believe that almost came out of my mouth. The Tampa's really done a number on me. If he was still in Boston, that would have never came out of my mouth. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously Tom Brady's very good. But, <laughs> um, well done, I, Tyler. Well done. <laughs> oh God, can't believe I almost said that.
1: Wow, he he really has rehabilitated his image um he really has man his social media presence is fantastic now
2: it's really unfortunate there's no villains anymore to root against um yeah so i like tom brady could be in that uh range but i i just don't think he that he can do that thing those things at his age anymore sure. necessarily didn't necessarily always have like the best arm strength anyway so for me uh, i think talent and ability wise. That's also why someone like Lamar, even though as a passer, I don't think he kind of like would get in there into that top five range. Just what he's able to do with his legs, like no one else can do that thing. Uh, So for me, that's kind of why I put Brady at five um, uh, as like the prototypical. Yeah, he's like the next best guy uh, and is in that tier with those guys. But physical abilities for me separate that top four group.
1: Yeah, know I totally understand that. And, you know, some of the pressure numbers for Brady, like Tyler mentioned, are, are not fantastic. And that obviously kind of points to, you know, his physical decline. But I, I think for me, like the feather in Brady's cap at this point is what he's managed to do in that Bruce Arian system, which, you know, um, has been a huge problem for several quarterbacks in terms of turnovers, turnover worthy play percentage and things like that and just kind of playing into the mistakes. And, you know, we're seeing Brady go from being kind of a check down Charlie in, in New England and, you know, the quick release being the thing that he kind of hanks his hat on and uh, just kind of dicing up defenses to, you know, playing in an offensive system that has, you know, traditionally caused so many quarterbacks problems because every single, basically every single passing concept is all vertical. And, um, you know, they're running 8-9-8 eight, eight pretty much every single play because Bruce Arians loves to check the ball deep. And, you know, Brady has kind of taken that in stride. And so I think he does deserve a lot of credit for making that adjustment and doing so at the age of 44, which is just kind of crazy to look at his age and what kind of season he was having. So this year is going to be interesting because as of now, Gronk is retired, which I'll believe he doesn't (laughs) finish the season with the Buccaneers when that actually happens. Um, Godwin tore his ACL in Mm -hmm. November. So he potentially could not be ready for a training camp, not ready for the start of the season. I'm not super tuned in there, but um, obviously they have Mike Evans and they signed Russell Gage, which I feel like it was a good signing. So mm-hmm. um, offensive line, lost some pieces, Alex Kappa, Ali Marpet kind of taking a step back from the interior. So his skill, his supporting cast is definitely worse this year and Arians retired. So right. it's going to be an interesting change for him, but I just think, you know what we've seen from him, of course, greatest quarterback of all time, greatest player of all time. And how he's kind of adjusted to life in Tampa versus New England, I think, still has him in the top three for me.
3: Yeah, 100% agree. He
2: would have been in my top three for sure. All right, Alex, uh, finish off your list here. Number three, I have Justin Herbert. At number two, I have Aaron Rodgers. And at number one, I have Patrick Mahomes. Get your boos in right now in the chat while you can. Drop a boo in the (laughs) chat. Um, I Yeah, I mean... I honestly thought the top four, like I said, were very, very easy. It was just a matter of how I was going to order them. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I really couldn't have any lower than two. Like I understand why that would be a thing. Um, but did just win an MVP again. Yeah. get your booze in the chat. I knew yeah, I've seen what makes you cheer. So I don't care about your booze, but, uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, I couldn't put any lower than two and Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, the debate was between him and Josh Allen. And I thought just consistency wise, what he was able to do last year, um, you know, really did put the distinction on him as a top three quarterback and and separated him a little bit. Um, but to me, I, my number one and two were Mahomes and Rodgers last year. And I haven't seen anything that changed that. I guess I can see why it's sort of in the same vein as the Devontae conversation, right? Mahomes losing Tyreek Hill for next year. Uh, And what that's going to bring to that Kansas City offense, that's something to be concerned about. But I think Patrick Mahomes has just proven uh, to this point in his career, his physical abilities, like they're going to figure it out. His coach is Andy Reid. I'm not really too concerned about them struggling offensively. Um, And I think actually last year he was thrown a little bit out of his comfort zone uh, when, you know, he had to do a little bit more of like, The check down stuff like the Broncos game is kind of an example of that, uh, you know, where he sort of just had to go through some of those progressions and some of those shorter routes and he was still really good analytically, too. Um, It is weird to hear the under pressure numbers with Rodgers, Rodgers, him and Brady like just being lower. But I don't know. I, I, I sort of chalk that up to I'm not going solely by the numbers here. But for me, I do think Patrick Mahomes at number one rogers at number two and number three justin herbert really this is the top four for me and then everyone else is kind of below with tom brady being that like weird middle in the sense that he's not as like physically gifted but he's also better than the guys from six to ten right. but for me right. my my top five played out as mahomes rogers herbert
1: allen and then brady yeah so i'll, I'll say mine here and then we'll we'll kind of dissect everything so i three i i have brady and then two, I have Josh Allen. And then number one, I have Patrick Mahomes. So um, I, I like I understand, like he's the Chiefs quarterback and I understand that. And, and you know, <laughs> Alex mentioned his, you know, kind of the early start to last season and everybody kind of focused yeah. on how bad it was. But I actually think it like long term, like really benefits him because, you know, he was such kind of a, a, a bucket getter kind of quarterback. And last year, everybody's playing too high. They're trying to figure out how to take that away. And he kind of had to figure it out. And and he really figured it out, man. Like the numbers really kind of paint a very good picture for Patrick Mahomes last year. Uh, Second in adjusted EPA per play. First in success rate. Six in completion percentage over expected. Second in pressures. uh, Turned to sacks. It was eighth in turnover worthy percentage. So that's kind of still the gunslinger thing. It was third in pass DVOA. So um, I I think the numbers still paint a very positive picture. And I, I know the last game doesn't, you know, kind of show this, but to me, Mahomes is arguably the one of the best clutch quarterbacks that we have really ever seen. And he was first in EPA per play in the fourth quarter in overtime last year. And so I know he kind of melted down against the Bengals and that's kind of in everybody's head and people are talking about him choking in the playoffs, but I, the numbers disagree. And what I think we have seen from him disagrees. And mm-hmm. so until really that kind of irons itself out. I, I still think you have to hold him at number one just because of what he's able to do. And, you know, we all know what that feeling was like when the Chargers traveled to the Arrowhead and they, they handed him the ball back with like 45 seconds left and how nerve-wracking that was. And mm-hmm. we saw it come to fruition against the Bills where they handed the ball back with 13 15 seconds left, seconds left and he still goes and gets a field goal to win the game. So to me... Mahomes is kind of the Steph Curry of football where he's going to get you a bucket
5: mm-hmm.
1: basically no matter what. And it's just going to be nerve wracking to sit there and watch. And if you stop him, then it's basically he made a mistake or you got incredibly lucky. So I think just his ability yep. in clutch situations really kind of separate him for me from the rest of this group. Yeah,
3: I absolutely hate him. Uh, but hard <laughs> okay. to not appreciate just how good he is and even looking at you know this was supposedly like his down year and everyone's talking about how right you know that they had been figured out he went from third and adjusted epa per play to second like he's still <laughs> he's still really freaking good right. yeah. uh, and technically he improved in that regard he's it really sucks that he's that good and in this division
1: yeah so um, i i think the thing to to watch obviously is kind of what transitions the chiefs offense makes because they've gone from such kind of a, like a space predicated offense with tyree Hill, hardman and travis kelsey mm-hmm. now they have some kind of uh bigger body kind of players with juju and marquez vale scantling and sky Moore, who's kind of a bigger slot receiver from mm-hmm. a, a build standpoint not necessarily a height standpoint um you know obviously you still have travis kelsey so they made some Big time adjustments last year with our run game, with the offensive line. I think we might see some more traditional pass West Coast passing concepts this year with uh, the absence of Tyreek Hill. And they have new Tyreek
2: Hill and Sky Moore now. Uh, so <laughs> they, they're not even really going to lose a step, and they have MVS and they have Juju. Great, unfortunate for us, but yeah,
3: yeah, yep. Alrighty, right. tar- I will jump into my final three. Aaron Rodgers at number three. Justin Herbert, number two. I really was hoping he'd be number one. (laughs) But, I mean, it's unanimous. If you feel that way, based on what you see, based on what you know, based on history and based on numbers, unfortunately, Patrick Mahomes is number one. Uh, It's very close. Herbert and Mahomes, the difference in their score is is very, very, very small. But still, Mahomes did take the lead there. Let's talk about Herbert for a second, man. Yeah. Like, I'm going through these lists and I'm just, you know, everyone's ranked one to 30 in in certain categories and it's incredible going through and just noticing Herbert in his second year, his first in this system with no right side of his line, you know, and Dan Orlowski's self-proclaimed awful Joe Lombardi, you know, killing Herbert offense. (laughs) This dude is fifth, sixth, first, fourth, first, fourth, like first in almost every category. And, and just to talk about the difference between, because I do have to bring it up and I want to, the difference between him and Burrow, there are 21 categories that I had these guys ranked in, and Burrow only had the lead in three of them over Herbert. One of them is uh, completion percentage over expected, which, hello, all those drops. One of them is big time throw rate, and the other one is pressure rating otherwise herbert had him in 18 other categories like he is just phenomenal and he was i believe fourth initially but when i started factoring in you know again the epa total basically the numbers that suggested you know how much impact herbert had all of a sudden it was just first first third second like he was just destroying everybody else and and really started to pull away from some of these other guys and and really of the top five you know some of these other guys Mahomes lost Hill Rogers lost Adams you know Brady potentially losing Godwin for a lot of the season no Gronkowski changing of no Arians a lot of these guys are really projected to like they should take a step back Herbert's the only one who really you can maybe not all these guys regress but Herbert's the only one on paper who should take a step forward and can and you know every MVP the last you know, 10 years or whatever it was, was number one in adjusted EPA for play. He's fifth after being 13th, I think the year before. He's taken those next steps. Herbert really, he's second on this list right now. Herbert should be, if everything plays out, the best quarterback in football next year and the MVP. Like, I'm really excited just looking at the numbers and the fact that I'm a Chargers fan. He's he's amazing. We see it. It's here in the stat sheet. I
1: cannot wait to watch him. whatever disgusting things he does this year no that's that's incredibly well said and i think like worst case scenario is that he's regarded as a top three quarterback with allen and mahomes i think that's kind of where we're trending at although you know obviously there's going to be a strong contingency for joe burrow but i think if you're kind of looking at things that separate the two you know you mentioned a few of them but i i think it's truly amazing like how herbert has become like this bucket getting kind of quarterback who can just at any moment flip the script of a game, launch a bomb to Jalen mm-hmm. Guy, and, and that game is essentially over, or, or to Mike Williams or to whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But then he has the fewest fumbles in the league, and he has the lowest turnover-worthy play percentage in the league. And, you know, this is why, you know, having advanced data is so important because you look at his 15 interceptions, and, you know, certain people will have Derek Carr over Mahone, over Herbert because <laughs> Derek Carr threw fewer interceptions. I don't know. I'm just saying that. That's, that's a take that I've seen. Um, but Herbert on a per play basis, avoids mistakes at such an incredible Mm -hmm. level, especially off of what we kind of, you know, expected him to be in the NFL. And he's made this jump to being such a lethal assassin at the position. And he's only played two years. He's going to continue to get better. This is the second, (laughs) this is the first time since high school, he's had the same offensive coordinator quarterback coach head coach Mm -hmm. in consecutive years and so just the continuity of things that he's going to be able to do and he already doesn't make mistakes now he's going to be comfortable in the system now he's going to be more comfortable with keenan allen and mike williams and all these guys and i I think that truly is kind of what separates for him him for me is just that you, you look at all these guys and they can all get you a bucket whenever you need to you know these guys being kind of six through one for me But if there's something that Herbert can hang his hat on, it is his ability to avoid mistakes at the highest level possible.
3: Yeah, it's incredible. I've never, I mean, we've never seen something like this. (laughs) For him to be, you know, the number one guy in EPA, so, that you know, who no quarterback added more points to their team than Justin Herbert, but also number one in turnover-worthy play rate. It's insane. I just, I, I can't imagine, I'm so excited for this season.
2: Yeah, um, I think in some level you have him and Patrick Mahomes as like the top. I mean, the the analytics have them as the top two. Um, In some order, you would probably say the top four is those guys uh, in Mahomes, Rodgers, Herbert, and Allen. You can also throw Brady in there uh, like Stephen did in his list. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we kind of expect Rodgers to take a step back at some point. At some point, in theory, Brady should retire (laughs) um, whenever that day does come. Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, so you know, then you kind of have your top three as being like Alan Rogers and uh, sorry, Allen Mahomes and Herbert, uh, in some mm-hmm. order, and then those three guys kind of competing for you know that QB1 crown, if you will. And I, I think Herbert, given his situation, arguably has the best situation out of those guys, um, at least offensively, and then. Um, you know, is a little bit, in my opinion, more accurate than now and a little more turnover, uh, a little less turnover worthy. um, But they have pretty Mm -hmm. uh, identical, you know, numbers for the season throughout the board. And so it's going to be interesting to see those three guys go back and forth in the AFC West for years to come.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, very well said. So I think that's a, a good spot to end the top 10 conversation. Really excited to see where uh, Justin Herbert can end up so let's talk about uh, first and foremost a player that we think could potentially at least kind of challenge to be on this list for next season I know Alex kind of hinted at maybe putting Jalen Hurts there is that going to be your official choice you want to talk about somebody else
2: no uh, I'll talk about Jalen Hurts yeah I, I I think he is out of that group of year two year three quarterbacks so I kind of considered Trevor Lawrence in this, right? Um, You have your Mm -hmm. Tua pick if you want to go there, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. All of those guys you would kind of project are going to have that second, third year breakout season. Um, I just sort of think he has the best chance, and he's already top 10 analytically based on, you know, Tyler's list, right? He can sort of reduce the mistakes, (laughs) um, you know, has that rushing ability as well. And out of all those teams, when we consider uh, the Eagles, we consider the Jaguars, Patriots, uh, Bears for Justin Fields, uh, and the Dolphins for Tua. The Eagles had the best offseason to put build around Jalen Hurts. In that sense, to got him AJ Brown, uh, you know, obviously have the best offensive line, arguably in the league, definitely top three. Uh, So if you're looking for reasons for a Jalen Hurts breakout season, and again, I think specifically limiting this to 2022 is kind of also why I think Jalen Hurts is the most likely candidate out of those guys. If you ask me to project two or three years, I would certainly pick Trevor Lawrence or probably Justin Fields out of that group. Mm -hmm. But projecting just for 2022, it's hard for me to pick someone other than Hurts in the top 10 just because... I think Trevor Lawrence has a fight ahead of him to get there based on the situation in Jacksonville, although they did improve his wide receiver unit despite overpaying to do so. Um, You know, so like there there are situations where I can see fields and Lawrence, you know, certainly popping off. But if you're asking me in the short term, I do think Jalen hurts is a guy who's not on this list who probably is statistically given the best chance to be in this top 10 list, whether Mm -hmm. or not he'd be like a, tried and true top 10 quarterback I don't know but I think certainly is kind of able to be in that Russell Wilson Derek Carr like fringe range of the top 10 and so if you can kind of get there then I think it's possible that he makes this list next year also from a team standpoint of team success since we do kind of like you know put that in there the Eagles are probably going to be better, better than, you know, the Jags and some of these other teams that we're talking about the Bears, uh, the, Bears the Bears. Absolutely. God. Um, and so from that standpoint, <laughs> I think that'll probably boost hurts in, uh, in these conversations as well. I don't personally believe that he is the Eagles quarterback of the future. Um, I believe that, you know, based on what Howie Roseman's done, they've sort of like hedged on that anyway, with accumulating all the draft capital that they have. Um, but this is a make or break year for him. And I do think there is, uh, a reality where Jalen Hurts does find himself on this list in sort of the everything goes right for the Eagles and the offense they've created around him reality, more so than some of the other guys uh, around the league.
3: Yeah, it'll be tough for him to, because I agree with you. If if I did this list, Lamar Jackson would be on the list in the top 10, right? sort of in the back end like uh, Steven has him. Hurts would be off the list. And yeah, I really do think Hurts would be that guy just because of the situation you talked about. It kind of depends on public perception. Like if it's just EPA yeah. per play. Yeah. he would probably be in the top 10 based on his trajectory. Um, he just kind of has to get past the, you know, well, is he better than Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson to some people? Yeah. No, or maybe, maybe yeah, Russell Wilson, right. He has to get past, you know, a certain stereotype that he's at right now with the kind of a, more of a Russian quarterback type, I suppose. Um, so whether people see him in the top 10, I don't know. Um, so yeah, Russell Wilson would be the obvious next one for me. To make the top 10, he was 11th, so that's not really um, a huge surprise. But I, I honestly, because Wilson seems like the obvious answer for me, I, I do want to talk about Mac Jones because he was ninth in adjusted EPA per play. Like This is a solid dude. Uh, I don't know how much Tyquan Thornton and Cole Strange are going to move <laughs> the needle. I don't see Mac Jones throwing his bombs to Thornton, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but he was 15th on the list again, ninth in adjusted EPA per play. There's a chance if we're talking Mm -hmm. public perception, Patriots are pretty good. Jones takes a step forward. Maybe there's a great connection to his, you know, smorgasbord of wide receivers and he can kind of sneak in. So me personally, it would have been Wilson first, then Hertz and then Jones. But I still want to talk
1: about Jones because I do think there's a chance he takes another step forward. I do think there is a chance. And if Josh McDaniels were still there, I probably would advocate for him. Oh, that's
0: right. I forgot about but that. this yeah. man oh, that's, does that's not lame. have an
1: offensive coordinator right now. And his choices for offensive coordinator are Matt Patricia and Joe judge. So yeah. I have no idea what the hell Bill Belichick is doing with that situation. I do not trust either of them to, you know, kind of continue to develop Mac Jones. If they had Brady there, then whatever you mm-hmm. do, whatever you want. But I think that decision is, is arguably the worst decision. In the NFL offseason, to not have a verified, bona fide, legitimate offensive coordinator for Mac Jones Mm -hmm. is just wild to me. And so I think he probably kind of maintains his top 15 to 20 status this year just because the coaching around him is going to be atrocious. Yep. Completely forgot about that. Ever track everything (laughs) I just said? No, it's worth talking about because I think a lot of people will kind of you know, public perception will kind of view him as somebody that could potentially make that leap. But, um, you know, Alex hinted at Trevor Lawrence and and he was, he's my choice. And I I totally understand, you know, kind of what uh, the perception of kind of his season last year was. But at one point last year, his number one receiver was Lacan Treadwell (laughs) and his number two receiver was Jamal Agnew, who is a former NFL cornerback that Urban Meyer tried to switch into being his, version of percy harvin so uh the situation last year was incredibly dire not to mention him just from a leadership decision leadership standpoint having to be the grown-up in the room with urban meyer as a rookie you know now he gets doug peterson who is a verified head coach he is an actual good human being as alex knows he's a really good quarterback developer as well And, you know, they caught a lot of slack for, you know, signing Christian Kirk. And I totally (laughs) agree with that, but he's a good player and, you know, Marvin Jones, if healthy, he's a good player. So he's Mm going to go from Laquan Treadwell and all those guys to having like actual NFL receivers. And you can talk about Evan Ingram too, who, you know, arguably one of the bigger busts in Giants history, but he's much better than Dan Arnold, who was his tight end one last Mm -hmm. year. And the the Jacksonville Jaguars traded like a second round pick for him. So (laughs) I think the Jaguars have done enough to at least kind of support Trevor Lawrence and, and, you know, kind of aid a potential breakout season. I think it'll be tough for him to get to the top 10, uh, you know, publicly perception wise, just because I don't think they'll win a lot of games, but he does also play in the AFC South is arguably Mm -hmm. the worst division in the AFC. So he gets to play the Texans twice. He gets to play Mm -hmm. the Titans, bad defense twice. Although their pass rush is amazing, but, um, you know, I think Lawrence, skill-wise, has the same kind of talent to be in that conversation eventually with Herbert and Allen and Mahomes. I just think he has to get there, and I think the Jaguars did enough to at least help him take a step or two into that direction.
3: Yeah, yeah. And it's tough to look at some of these rookies. I mean, four of the five worst quarterbacks were the rookie class from last year. Lawrence, 26th, yeah. Fields, 27th, Wilson, 28th. Sam Darnold, and then uh, Davis Mills' thirtieth, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. So, it's it's. But if anyone can turn it around of the those like core early picks, it, it should be Lawrence based on his talent and then based on the new situation. I maybe Zach Wilson. I but I feel horrific for Justin Fields. I, I don't know yeah. what their plan is for him, um, but that's yeah awful. But I, I like Trevor Lawrence. I do want to mention Tua depending on how fast he picks up that system. If he really is the starter, um, which again is maybe it is Teddy Bridgewater because he's much it higher. Probably should list. be Teddy. <laughs> it, it might honestly be, but I mean, no one ever considers Jimmy G a top 10 quarterback, but that system was really friendly for Jimmy G. Yeah. And a lot of the numbers say that Jimmy, like just numbers. Some of them say Jimmy G's a freaking amazing quarterback, but we know it's more that system. So I don't know if Tua will, get there in the public eye at this point i think the public just does not want him like they don't really shine too well to him but given the talent they did finally decide that taking you know good lineman is a good idea um you know (laughs) i don't think they're i don't think they're paying anybody to lose games anymore uh you know that watson is officially gone so they're not dangling watson over his head you know fucking for two years so far in theory, he could move into the top 10, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, I think out of those guys, i probably go Hertz as the highest chance, then Lawrence, then Jones, I guess. But I, I do sort of think about Zach Wilson because, I mean, he has mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson and Elijah now, Um so that's certainly like better weapons for him. I just still don't know what to think about the Jets. Um, I, I still <laughs> think they're a ways away from yeah. being a ways away, and then... The, the technical part, I think, of Zach Wilson's game, um, yeah. the inaccuracy, the progressions, mm. that's just something that I don't really hold against Jalen Hurts or Trevor Lawrence that I do in the same way against, uh, that I will hold against Zach Wilson. Um, so I sort of TBD there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I Tua is going to be the interesting one because he, you know, like, uh, like Tyler said, Jimmy G did excel in that system. And you give him, you know, uh, a top three receiver in football. Uh, Tyreek Hill and a real Swiss army knife weapon. Like that should make him better in theory. Um, but I, I still need to see it. Because to me, Absolutely. that um, even in the Dolphins hype tapes, that, that arm strength does not live up to the test. And uh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's if you're going to have less arm strength than Jalen Hurts anyway, then I might just write Jalen Hurts there. Uh, so it, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see, I think, which guys come up. I, I do like Steven's pick of Trevor Lawrence quite a bit um, mm-hmm. and certainly could see him being the guy. Doug Peterson got Carson once $130 million uh, and got a first round pick for him. So if there's anyone that could figure that out, it's him. And he just yeah. did get uh, Zay, Jones and, uh, Zay Jones and Marvin Jones, right, uh, in addition yeah. to the Christian Kirk uh,
1: signing. So I, I do think that he can uh, work out there as well yeah you know uh those who listen to the show know that i listen to the athletic football show quite a bit and you know nate tice talks about how important the jump is around your quarterback to go from awful players to just even like average players and like what that can do for your for your quarterback and so getting somebody like zay jones as your wide receiver three as opposed to lavisca chenault who can't catch the football like that's that's a very important thing um you know, the Zach Wilson thing obviously is very interesting as a guy who does not like BYU very much. Um, but the Jets have arguably done the best job out of anybody supporting their rookie quarterback. I mean, you're talking about a legitimately good offensive line, uh, if, especially if, if Makai Becton can come back and you know kind of find himself in the NFL. You're talking about maybe a top 10 offensive line. You know, you're talking about Elijah Moore, who we really like, Corey Davis, a really good receiver, and Garrett Wilson. So, The Jets theoretically should be better. I think a lot of that is going to hinge off of what Wilson can do with his mechanics and things like that, that uh, clearly needed a lot of uh, fine tuning and NFL's lit definitely is right about Justin Fields. Tyler's right about Justin Fields. The bears have no clue what they're doing there. And I'm very confused as to why they do not like Justin Fields very much. Yeah, uh, I don't understand.
3: And Wilson, by the way, did play the toughest strength of schedule last year. Yeah. Uh, I assume that gets better this year, but that division is still really tough. Anyone
1: want to say Daniel Jones takes a nice step forward this no. year?
3: No.
1: <laughs> I think he could become a more efficient no. kind of player, but I also would not be very surprised if Tyron Taylor were starting games by the end of the season. Oh, I hope so. It'd be
2: amazing. <laughs> I have watched the most Daniel Jones out of anyone here. <laughs> you have, I can't take that from you. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately for him, I just don't think it's going to work. Now, he does have Brian Dable, right? So, like, I mean, that should be a positive thing for him offensively, but uh, the Giants are still rough rebuild, and I just I, I don't believe in his progressions at all. I've seen that man take a dookie on the field way too many times. Uh, he's cooked.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Well, I feel like we talked a lot about regression for the old guys do we want to mention anybody else that could potentially find their way off of this list uh, at this time next year um as much as i love kyler yeah.
2: i do think in theory if the second half slumping does keep up and he is you know if that continues to be the trend for him then you can make an argument that next year i would you know prefer to put somebody who plays a more consistent season in the top 10 um but i do think like uh, Tyler said the analytics will keep him in that top six, top five discussion. Um, but he, he, you know, also his play is a little bit more prone to injury. You know, he did miss three games last year. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson is probably the only one I do have him there right now. I know Stephen has him in his list. Tyler does not have him in his more strict analytics-based list. Um, but if he does not, you know. I guess come up from that like top 15 range as a passer and you know asserts himself as more that 2019 2020 guy then i think you can make the argument of him falling out uh, other than that though I, I think lamar and kyler would be the two guys that i would look at everyone else i think is pretty safe in the top 10 um at least just looking from my list
3: yeah i would agree i mean and restarting was it eight games without hopkins this year Six Six games to the Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like I said, injury prone, that offense, maybe not, you know, we'll see. I am tempted to say Joe Burrow, but they did such a good job, I think, this offseason building around him and in yeah. theory getting him at least a better, you know, average offensive line that I think he's okay. But I could see because the divisions a, should be a lot tougher this year for him. You know, it's like, oh, well, they got him better line. And if he kind of struggles, I could see the public perception being, oh, well, it was just he's not really a top 10 quarterback. He just got really lucky. And people start talking about the fact that he had like, the third easiest strength of schedule. So I think it's possible, but I, I wouldn't bet on him. I think I think Murray is the guy. Is Arjun, is Arjun
1: still in the chat? Is he still with us? <laughs> Does he want to make
2: the argument for, for Joe Burrow
1: falling out? <laughs> yeah, he had Burrow below kyler and stafford right
3: yeah Yeah, um yeah Mm -hmm.
1: i think the public perception could change uh, about joe burrow if they don't make the playoffs which i don't think that they will um but i i still think he will pretty much be guaranteed a top 10 spot especially if brady especially if brady and rogers retire but if brady retires then we're talking about one spot that's for sure opening up Again, maybe Brady decides that he wants to play until he's fifty instead of just forty-five, like that was his initial goals. You know, maybe he changes that goal. I don't know, but that that uh, ten-year contract with Fox is never starting. He's just going to (laughs) play years old. Yeah, well, um, so we'll see. But I I think I think Burrow is safe. I think my pick here would probably be Russell Wilson, um, if he kind of proves that last year was less about the injuries and more about him just kind of declining in general. Mm -hmm. So I think Russ would be my, my pick. And again, he is number 10, so I don't feel like great about him, but um, I think it does. There is a possible scenario where Russ kind of proves that last year was less about the injury and more just like who he is now. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you want to see Arjun's pick, I believe he wrote a full article for PFF with his picks, um, but we I would be happy to get Maddie and Kyle's picks and, you know, we can talk about that uh, next time. So Tyler, any final thoughts before we head out for this evening?
3: Uh, nope. I oh, actually, I hope we put these, this list on Twitter. So people have to downvote me for putting Hertz on there, but <laughs> they're stuck with the fact that I have Herbert at number two. So I, want, I want people to just have to That's wrestle with that
2: for a bit. Yeah. You know, let's see.
1: Alex, any final thoughts, man?
2: At 174 votes, uh, yes has taken the lead at 51% to the no 49%. So it is tough. There's 21 hours and 33 minutes left (laughs) to vote. Make your voices heard on if you have ever broken a bone. Uh, But no, I I don't have too many other thoughts, but I, I love doing these exercises. Love to have the show back. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, I'll be curious to see who, when we put these lists up on Twitter, who gets the most flack. Cause obviously it was Steven last time for the, for the JC Jackson, <laughs> uh, placement that caused the two week break of the podcast. <laughs> um, but I'll be curious to see who, who wins,
1: I guess this quarterback battle. I, I feel okay about my list, but we'll see. I was, just, I was just channeling my inner Alex agent of chaos before my, my two-week break, and I wanted to set the YouTube channel on fire. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, obviously, happy to be back today. We're going to have a really fun episode planned for you guys on Wednesday, where we are going to uh, draft the best teams from Tom Telesco's era, uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I love those funky draft episodes. Um, and then we'll have training camp in here uh, in no time, so Tyler's going to be able to be there. Uh, you know, a lot more than than Alex and I will be there, but I'm going to do my best to make sure I get out there for a weekend, um, do an episode in person with Tyler and we'll see how we go from there. But uh, I think we are five weeks until training camp at this point. So football season is almost uh, here for us. So really excited about that. Thanks everybody for tuning in. If you're listening to the audio version of this, please be sure to rate and review the podcast. We always really appreciate that. And uh, that's going to do it. We'll see you next time.